Hello and welcome to Out and About Imolovians. I'm your host, Jeremy Balfour. As part of my job as Member of the Scottish Parliament, I get to travel around Malovians, meeting interesting people and hearing about how the companies, charities and projects that they work for benefit and contribute to our community. On this podcast, I will share their stories. On today's episode, I'm looking forward to talking to the Reverend Louise Purden, the Parish Minister of Bonnie Rig, Church of Scotland. Louise, we're sitting, sitting here in the church hall in Bonnie Rig. Um, tell us, what is a parish minister? What does it mean to be a parish church Scotland minister? So, um, you are connected with the Church of Scotland. You are a teaching elder within the Church of Scotland and... Um, the parish system is worked out really nicely, so you have an area that you would be responsible for. So you would take funerals or baptisms. As society has changed and as um, you know, new houses springing up everywhere, parish life has changed a little bit. Um, but I think it's a great system, and I'm really privileged to be parish minister in Bonnyrigg. Now, Bonnyrigg, for those who don't know, is a Midlothian. It's a changing place, as you said, with the kind of traditional housing that's been here for many, many years, but with lots of new housing. So what's an average person like in your parish? Oh, my goodness. I don't think there is an average person. Um, there, I have to be very careful because I'm new to Bonnie Rig, so um, I'm from South Edinburgh. Well, I was living mainly in South Edinburgh and moved to Bonnie Rig, um just before the lockdown. So um, it feels like lots of um, other communities in and around Midlothian. Um, lots of families, lots of different generations, lots of brownies and gays and schools. And um, it feels quite a flourishing place. So you said you've got funerals, weddings, whatever you do on a Sunday... So just can you run us through, what, what, what is an average week in your life? Again, there is no such thing as an average week. That's one of the things I love about being a minister is the huge variety. Every week is completely different. Um, obviously, Sunday is, a, is our big day. We have services in the morning. We also have families at four, which is a service to try and target um, folk who are maybe busy with sports and things on a Sunday morning. And then once a month, we have a kind of contemporary worship time called The River, which meets in the halls here. Um, Time is spent meeting people. Um, I go to more meetings probably than I'd like to. Um, We are structurally changing things. um, And so that can take a bit of time and thought. Um, We are looking at the school chaplaincy and how we can share that within the different ministers in the community. So hoping to do more schools work. Because I came during COVID, everything kind of paused and we're we're just re-engaging and looking at ways to re-engage. Um, but yes, there is absolutely no average week whatsoever. <laughs> okay, so you said you, you, you came from the south of Edinburgh. Um, I suppose it's not the obvious job for most people to do now. So how do, how do, what was your kind of job journey how how did you end up here doing this i know i ask myself all the time how did i end up here um so for me my dad was a minister and he didn't become a minister till i was about 18 19 but i had seen him go through that process 
Um, faith had always been part of my life, but it had also been always part of my work life as well. And so I trained in youth work and worked with a church doing youth work. I then became family worker for a church. So I've kind of always been on the fringes of church life. Um, but because my dad was a minister, lots of people said to me, Louise, would you ever think about being a minister? To which I had a very guttural response of, no, it is not for me. That big institute of the church is not my bag. And then out of the blue, my line manager, when I was family support worker, said, you know, the church is changing, Louise. Um, would you Would you take time to think about whether ministry is an option? And actually I paused... And the kind of usual guttural no that would always dwell up didn't. And I kind of got butterflies and I thought, actually, maybe this is something that I need to think about. Um, at the time, my children were young. Um, Christina was at nursery. Ryan had just started primary. The thought of going back into education was quite overwhelming. Um, but there was a real sense that this was where I was meant to be going and... Um, I looked at my dad's example where he just pushed doors and if they opened he went through it. So I very gently <laughs> pushed the doors and, and they, all, they all opened. And now I look back and think, gosh, it just seems such a good fit now that I kind of am surprised by how resistant I was. But I think the timing was really important and and it feels like because the church is really much more willing and open to change and recognising the need for change, um, it feels like a really um, positive place to be. So, I, I suppose the most famous woman minister is Rebecca Dibley. Ah, yes. So a role you, model for us all. Yes, why, so is that a role model? Is that anything like reality? Yeah. Or was it simply kind of TV at its worst or best? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, it is all based on true stories um, and it is a real person. So there is definitely elements that you can relate to um, and I think I actually I actually watched it quite recently. I haven't I would watch episodes of it at Christmas time and giggle away, but I hadn't kind of consistently watched it. And so I watched the first episode, and it was interesting to see the the parish's response to having this woman come as their minister and the the kind of shock of that. And it did show me how far we've come. Whereas there's plenty women my age and you know younger and, and older um, who are now involved in ministry and that's not the kind of shocking element so I'm I'm very pleased at how normalised it's become. So if, if we kind of read any report you know we hear the church is in decline um, that numbers are going down that the relevance of the church is just waning here in Scotland. Is that your experience and if so how do you counter that? You know, why do we need the church still here in Scotland? So, um, yeah, I, there is so many different um, experiences of the Church of Scotland throughout the nation. So obviously I can only speak from my own perspective. Um, and for me, it's a really encouraging, it's an, an encouraging place. We ran our first holiday club which was as we kind of were coming to the ends of COVID um, and we were able to run it and we had to have a waiting list because there were so many kids wanting to be involved. We ran it again in February and we had over 50 families coming, well 50 people and um, lots of families coming along. So I think there's an appetite for stuff and I think there is still a hunger, that I think there is still um, people are looking for community, people are looking for ways of engagement 
um, I am. I think what the church has to offer, I think what our secret weapon is that we do intergenerational community really well. And I think that um, we're doing a, um, a project about called Growing Young, but we're calling it the Growing Project, um, and looking at ways we can connect better in the community, looking at ways we can um, be more relevant as a church. I think, you know, when we when we ran our holiday club, that holiday club wasn't any different from one fifty years ago. We had games, we had songs, we had crafts. You know, the, nothing really has changed, and yet culture has moved on so much. So we're looking at being a much more relational and approachable space for people. Um, and I think it still has enormous relevance, um, massively so. Obviously, you meet a lot of people at the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So we meet them when you're doing a funeral, perhaps that's where people have most contact now with the church. How do you, you may have not met that person before, mm-hmm. how do you interact with them? You know, what, what, what's your role that's different from, say, any other within the grieving process? Yeah, that's really interesting you ask that. Um, I was at a funeral this morning, um, and it's always a real privilege. One of the things that put me off ministry was I thought I'd be really terrified about taking somebody's funeral. And then um, I helped my husband when his nana had died we got we wrote a eulogy and we kind of worked through that and I find it such an enjoyable experience and so for something that I was a bit scared of um I it's just such a privilege and honor to be part like you say of somebody's um when they're in that really vulnerable space um my role in that grieving process and in planning a funeral is Lots of storytelling, lots of trying to get the sense of the person. Um, I started, like I said, the, um, just as COVID kicked off. So um, funerals and grieving was very difficult. And I realised how important and how therapeutic that time of a minister sitting with a family, telling their stories, tell me about them, you know. Um, but I've also started up a new project with somebody else in the community called Good Grief which uh, meets once a month and it's an opportunity when that initial grief of the funeral has passed um, the grief continues in new levels as you live with loss so once a month we hold good grief which is a space to just um, continue to process the loss of someone okay let me ask you the impossible question um obviously you don't believe in crystal balls but if, like, if you could look to the future if you could dream a dream, where do you see the church in Scotland being in 20, 10, 15, 20 years' time? Um, I feel like the church at the moment has a bit of an identity crisis. It doesn't really know who it is or, or what we're about. So I would love for us to have a real sense of vision. I would love for us to have a confidence that what we are offering is relevant. You know, we, we've got a bit of a crisis of we used to feel really important and now nobody's interested in us. Um, but actually, I would love for us to just really be a, be a voice of hope um, and be a voice of compassion um, in the community, reaching out a hand of friendship. And my final question, which I would like to finish with, is around you know, my golden wand, which I want to pass over to you. So again, whether that's nationally or locally, if you had that one, you could kind of do that. 
what would be the one thing that you think could make a real difference, perhaps to the people of Scotland or, or to the people of Wanyuit? So if I had a magic wand, um, oh, let's think. Yeah, I think I think hope's really important. Um, I think people have become really disillusioned with life. I think life has become really fractured. I think the ripples of COVID is still devastating families and communities. Um, so I think if I could give if I could give everybody a nugget of hope, um, then I would be a very happy person. Thank you very much. It was great to hear from Louise, and I'm sure anybody would be very welcome to attend her church on a Sunday morning. We'll put a link to their website in the show notes, and you can go to it if you want to find out more. Thank you for listening to Out and About in the Lothians, and I look forward to catching up next time. <laughs>